Welcome to Setting Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their dynamite hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 117. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I hope that you are having a great week. Um, I tell you, I'm excited. Four days till the Ohio Turkey Opener, and I'm just pumped. I'm excited. My buddy Trav's coming down. We have some plans to get in a, possibly get in a blind. I hate, I hate being in a blind. If I'm honest with you, but it's supposed to rain this Saturday, so that's where we may end up. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. I did get a taste of turkey hunting this past Saturday. I took my cousin John and his daughter out for youth season. Rosie, she's a sweet ten year old, and uh, she's going deer hunting a few times but never turkey and so she got to hear those opening morning gobbles from the roost and uh, I think she really enjoyed that we had our hot chocolate we had our coffee and pop tarts and all that no birds came up to the field unfortunately and and into our our setup but um, it was fun nonetheless we had a good time and that's basically what's going on right now I'm just super excited about all that and I really appreciate you guys coming back for another episode hey do me a favor right now those of you that have came in recently there's been some people that have wrote and said hey I love your podcast. I'm new. If you haven't left a rating and a review, would you do that for me? That really helps new folks as they're checking out. You know, you're scrolling down through the list of hunting podcasts, and there's a thousand to choose from. Uh, and you click on mine, and it says the last rating on iTunes anyway was from December. Let's 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 get another couple reviews in there if you wouldn't mind. If you enjoy it, please help me out. That's that's a great way to do so, and I really appreciate your support in that. Um, you know, I'm going to give a free plug right now. Uh, I always joke about sponsors, and I don't have any sponsors, but um, one that I've considered, I've, I've I reached out to and talked to, and there may be a future, is Onyx. Um, I know just about every group and every place you've heard so much about that, but if you don't have Onyx, I'm just curious what you're using, because that app to me is just... It is just essential. I, I use that all the time, trying to figure out where property lines are. I p- throw on the tracker whenever I go for walks or hikes. If I wonder, I'm like, I wonder how many acres like that, like the woods is, not just the field. It has a little thing where you can measure the area. Um, just an invaluable app. I, I love that app, and I use it quite a bit. And I tell you what, uh, the guy that I talked to from Onyx, super generous, super nice guy, and uh, I'll be talking with them maybe this summer about a possible sponsorship. I don't. Uh, we we've talked a lot that Shedding Light Outdoors about, we do not want to have to, we, we haven't gone down that route. We haven't pursued sponsors because we don't want that obligation of, you know, we shoot a deer and all of a sudden I've got to hold up some scent or something that, you know, may have helped a little bit. You know, I, I don't I don't want to get into that whole world. And also, you guys don't want to hear a thousand commercials at the beginning of this podcast. But I tell you, the one thing that, that I talked to Trav about is the app that I definitely use all the time. And the thing that I use the most is probably Onyx. And we all use it. It's a great app. So if you don't have that, highly recommend it. I don't have any code or anything for you to get a discount. But 30 bucks a year for your state is not that bad, I don't think. So thought I'd throw that out there for you guys to think about. And that kind of plays into this time, uh, to this week's guest. Uh, his name is Nick Brandon. Nick used Onyx and some other things to try and get his first buck. Now, it was some work. Four years, he decided he uh, didn't grow up in a hunting family. And so whenever he was 15, he decided he was going to give it a go. And it took him four years uh, to get to get it done. And this past October, he got a real nice buck. And he tells a great story about how this all played out. I really appreciate him coming on. I think you're going to enjoy this. Here is Nick Brandon. Well, joining me from Idaho is Nick Brandon. Nick, how are you, sir? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? 
Oh, doing wonderful. It is a sunny day. Start off kind of chilly here in Ohio, but it's it's warming up now. So how's things out your way? Yeah. Uh just about the same. I think we're hitting about 52 degrees right now. So it's it's decent. Yeah. Well, it's a little warmer here than that, but that, that's kind of cold for us. But <laughs> <laughs> up here, that's a premium temperature for us at least. Oh, nice, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background and uh, tell us who Nick is. All right. Well, uh, I, I guess just the basics are, uh, you know, I wasn't born in Idaho. I was from Portland. I uh, came up here when I was two and uh, uh, didn't really actually get raised in a hunting family. Um, my mom loves the outdoors. I mean, if you ever come over and see the house, there's bears everywhere. Um <laughs> But uh, my dad's a, a computer geek, so I grew up playing video games and uh, doing a little computer stuff with him and all that, and was more of a skater kid. And it wasn't until, uh, um, I'd say, probably five years ago that I really was like, okay, I like the outdoors, I like hiking, you know, the idea of fishing and hunting, and had a lot of buddies from my church that were uh, uh, pretty avid hunters, so that's where I kind of got it from, but you know, for the most yeah. part, growing up, I was just kind of kept to myself. Gotcha. Is it, was it ever anything that you were curious about? Like, I, I guess growing up, since hunting's always been a part of my life, I, and I've, I've developed more of a passion. I was going, uh, you know, somebody that didn't grow up with that, was hunting ever on the radar? Did you ever think, yeah, that'd be kind of cool? Or is it just kind of something that didn't hit you until later on? Honestly, no, I don't even think it really ever crossed my mind. Uh, when I was younger, it wasn't until I was 15 that I'm like, oh, my buddies, you know, go out and shoot animals and ate them. That's that's interesting. So I was like, I want to see what that's about. But before then, it was like, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So kind of grow up without it. And so you decide that you're going to start hunting. How old you were 15? Yeah, I'd say it was about 15 when I went and took a course and uh, got my license and everything cool so what's your i'm curious what's your parents reaction to this are they supportive are they skeptical how how they handle you saying hey mom dad i want to i want to start hunting they were actually pretty supportive because uh the thing that really kick-started after that was uh my grandfather in uh portland oregon he uh he actually used to go hunting um you know i haven't heard any of his stories yet but uh right after i got my license we'd gone over to see uh my dad's folks in portland and uh i mean they were also on board that he actually handed me down his uh, uh springfield 30-06 oh cool so i got to get a little family heirloom out of that but uh, <laughs> I, I got nothing from support my dad was the one that drove me to uh we had to drive an hour away to go to my my test uh, you know, for the whole gun safety portion for, so you could get licensed. And uh, the whole entire time they're like, oh yeah, you know, you know, we're okay with this. Uh, you know, there was no, there was no uh, hard feelings or anything towards, you know, the thought of me going out and do that. That's cool, man. It's good to have that support then. Yeah. So you decide, so I'm assuming you're, you're planning on going after any particular species that you had in mind, or were you just kind of in general, I'm going to start hunting, or did you have your eye on, on one particular thing that you wanted to, to chase? Uh, my, my beginner basic was, okay, I either want to get myself a deer or elk. 
you know, I'll, I'll go for other stuff later, do some predator hunting later, but let's go ahead and get, you know, a deer or elk under my belt before I start going all gung-ho. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good place to start, I would think. Yeah. Well, kind of bring us through a little bit. Tell us like uh, how that went, you know, um, you know, what went down those first, that first year, what you learned, kind of bring us through that a little bit, Nick. Yeah. Um, definitely the first year. Uh, I think that year I got to go out only three times, uh, but it was three pretty good times. Cause, uh, I've got three really close family friends, uh, that are guys around my dad's age that took me out and kind of took me under their wing for this. Um, each time we didn't see any deer, but I learned a lot about tracking. Um, I actually got lost one of the times uh, I got separated <laughs> from the group of guys for about, I think it was a good 20 minutes and uh, they're freaking out until they found me. And uh, they started giving me points of, Oh yeah, just go find water and uh, follow the flow of the water and all that, you know, I'll lead you to a lake and all that or something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm getting survival tips. I'm getting tracking tips, how to be quiet, uh, what to look for and all that. So it was a pretty good, uh, you know, jump into it you know not taking anything my first year but hey i'm getting some of the basics down so yeah now where are you are you hunting on private public what, what was your uh, main place where you were hunting at uh, i think the main places we were hunting just that year were all uh all public if i remember correctly um yep. yeah it wasn't until this last year that i started doing more of uh quote-unquote private lands on a logging company road that you got to go and purchase a permit for but gotcha cool so first year is kind of like learning the basics which is you know uh that's a good thing uh, it's not a um, sometimes it feels like failure in some ways but you're learning you're in the woods that's the main thing yeah uh, that's cool so what happens year two Year two, um, I think I only went out once. I think year two and three, I only went out once because uh, that's when I started getting into a workflow and uh, I started forgetting about it just a tad bit. I'd still go hiking and stuff and then I'd see deer when I was hiking and I didn't purchase my license. I'd be like, oh, dang it. But uh, <laughs> that, that was the year that I was like more on a work grind, trying to get myself going and see where I was, you know, in the, the working world. So what have you settled on for work out of curiosity? How old are you? Uh, you're 20, 21 right now? Uh, 20. Okay, cool. So where, where yeah. has the work world led you, Nick? Uh, work world led me through a couple of different things. I was working for Domino's for a bit, uh, two and a half years, actually. I became an assistant manager there. But uh, right now, I've been at my place of business for about eight months, and I'm planning on sticking here. I'm a, a lead driver for a furniture company in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, cool. Nice. That keeps yeah, you out on the road a little bit. That's always a fun thing. Keeps me on the road a little bit. And I mean, you'd be surprised. I, I have to take that truck to some pretty back roads areas to get to some customers' houses. And I end up finding routes on my Onyx map. I'm like, oh, I can come here, you know, when I want to go hunting or whatever, or, uh, you know, just kind of scoping out different landscapes. I want to go out and drive. Oh, man. that I tell you what, that... Uh... 
that app i've said this for a while now that app comes up and like at least at least once a week for me if not like more than that i i am using that thing all the time just to try and find different things i'm not sponsored by them yet but it's just one of those things that comes to mind it's like man that's such a great tool to have it really is it's on it's honestly a godsend that app because you know on normal google maps you're going to see all your roads but that thing is going to show you all the back trails it shows you the property lines and all that so you know which leads into some funny mishaps with uh, my hunting this last year, but yeah. Oh, very cool. So that was year like kind of two and three. So you didn't get to hunt a whole lot. So going into year four, was that this past year? Yeah, that was this past year. All right. So tell us about how everything happened. And, and I'm kind of curious how everything panned out for you. Yeah. So uh, this last year I was, I was kind of getting sick of uh, not having really gone out or in, you know, uh, bagged anything yet. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to force myself to go this year, you know, you know, regardless if anybody's going to go with me, uh, you know, I'm going to get out there and do this. So I went and got my license. I got myself a deer and an elk tag. And, uh, luckily with, uh, me having joined the, uh, the furniture store made a really good friend there that major hunter, major fisherman, and so he got to pass down a lot of uh, knowledge to me on how to do stuff and take me to uh, all of his hunting spots. So that worked out fantastic. Um, what really led into it, uh, another thing was uh, I've got these two gals that live behind in my house that uh, are like my sisters, but uh, their dad and I are good friends too. And so he and I were going up on the mountain, uh, Rafter Mountain, uh, right, be, right next to our house and uh, going up hunting. And so that's the place where, you know, we have to get our permits. But um, we went up there and, uh, you know, that led into me actually taking a shot at a doe. We had been up there for about, I think, four or five hours at this point, scoping out different clear cuts and uh, just sitting around watching. Um, and we finally got to this one uh, kind of slope area. And all of a sudden I see a doe run across uh, a route down below and I'm, you know, I hop out of the ATV and uh, Charlie's like, go ahead and take the shot, take the shot, take the shot. And so I take the shot. Well, she's about 100 yards away. And I just zoomed right over the back of her. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't lower it enough. And, uh, you know, she went bolting off into the, uh, the woods before I could even uh, load up another round. So that was kind of a, I'm like, okay, at least I take my first shot, but also at the same time, disappointing of, uh, oh man, you know, I missed, you know, am I actually going to get something this year? You know, am I good at this? Am I only good on the range? Uh, and you know, not in actual life. So, yeah. um, that, that, that was a, it, it was a good experience to say the least, at least, uh, seeing, okay, that's, you know, how much further I need to drop it down. You know, I was able to track her from there, but then she got into some pretty thick, uh, wooded section. Um, but since he showed me the area, uh, I decided, okay, well, you know, I don't have anybody to go with just yet. So I'm going to go ahead and go up by myself. And I ended up going up in the uh, same area, looking to see if any more deer would pass by where I took a shot at her. Uh, instead, ended up jumping a giant moose. Um, he was probably weighing in over probably close to a ton. I mean, he was huge. Um, <laughs> but uh that's not something that happens in Ohio. Uh, so <laughs> I oh, might really? jump up a rabbit, but I've never jumped up a moose. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually the funny thing that I forgot to mention with uh, my first year. 
all three times driving to uh, our hunting spots, uh, we saw deer on private property right next to a house, uh, right behind the do not hunt sign. And then as soon as we got out, I saw one moose every single time we went out that year. And I'm like, wow. okay, well, maybe I just need to put in for my moose tag. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing this year with my buddy. But uh, nice. um, yeah, so I jumped that I jumped that moose my second time out this last year. And I'm like, okay, you know, at least I you know, heard something. Um, you know, ended up calling it uh, early that day because it started to rain and uh you know, I was probably at an elevation of 4,000 feet, so I didn't have proper attire on, so I was getting pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then my third time, I'm taking my buddy Justin from work, um, and we went up one route, uh, you know, up north of us. Uh, and uh, at this point, I think there's a decent amount of snow on the ground because we ended up having to throw the chains on his truck uh, just to get up the, the slopes on the routes. But, um, that again, we're, we were out all day. Didn't see a single thing, uh, besides a moose, of course, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm really good at running into moose. I ran into, a, wow. you know, I ran into mama and her baby and, uh, we just kept her distance distance and, you know, they didn't seem to care that we were there. So they just trotted along and yeah, just nothing all day. Um, but then I got to my fourth time and my final time out. Um, I, we went up, uh, this, uh, one area where it's notorious for having wolves. And, um, we had a late start that morning too. Uh, I got up to his mom's place and, uh, where I was going to leave my truck. And he's like, I gotta go back to my apartment. I forgot my tags and everything. I'm like, okay, no worries. Then we're like, okay, we might as well grab some breakfast. So we stopped by McDonald's and all that. And uh, by this time, we're probably out there around 7.30, 8. So it's sun's up. We didn't get in at dark like we you know, wanted to. But we're like, okay, let, let's at least just go ahead and go. Um, so we get up in our spot, uh, you know, east of Coeur d'Alene. And uh, we're, we're scoping out places all morning. Um we're, our kind of thing is just at least when it's me and him, you know, we'll, we'll dr be driving along and uh, I'll be, you know, monitoring my Onyx app and looking for clear cuts uh, off of side roads. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another benefit of that app, but um, just kind of looking off uh, on these different spots, marking them down on the app for us to go back to. Ended up going up all the way to the top, saw some wolf tracks, and then we went back down because uh, we were crossing paths with some hunters. So we're like, okay, let's go to some of the places that aren't being hunted. So um, we go and we're uh, we're hiking in on a couple of uh, uh, clear cuts, pretty treacherous clear cuts to get to as well because uh, it's mainly on slopes and it's we're just following a lot of deer trails, so we're slipping a lot and. Uh, this is the day I decided, oh, I'm not going to wear my good traction boots. I'm going to go ahead and wear my cowboy boots where there's no traction on the, on the feet. <laughs> <laughs> Bad idea. Um, yeah. I'm just slipping all day. It was just awful. But um, yeah, so we're going out and uh, we're trying calling. He's got his rattling at earlier. So he's, he's uh, rattling those for a good minute straight while stomping around and kicking brush and uh, grunting. And uh, we're just not hearing anything back. We're not hearing any movements. Um, I've got a little, uh, a can call. Sounds like a, a dough and heat and all that. Mm -hmm. 
yep. not getting not getting calls back, not getting any movement whatsoever. And so we're like, okay, let's go ahead and try some other areas. <clears throat> and we had marked this one location earlier where we saw some deer tracks going in through a gate uh, to where one of the clear cuts we were going to check. We're like, okay, we'll go ahead and go back there. So uh, we drive down a bit and we're scanning the sides of the uh, the trees and we get to our our stop and so we go ahead and get out and by this time i think if i remember correctly uh it was 11 o'clock so we had you know sun beating down on us and there was steam rising everywhere so we're like okay we'll shed a few layers and uh we start walking on out there and uh we're following these tracks and i'd say there was probably a good four to six uh sets of tracks um you know i'd imagine there was probably four to five does and then a buck and then uh, about a couple hundred yards in on the trail we see this just stomping ground where there must have been a fight and we're like okay we're on a good route you know there's got to be two bucks out here somewhere and uh, we keep walking down the way and all of a sudden we see just one track go off and this this one's a bigger one uh He's got some big tracks. They're going deeper into the snow. And we're like, okay, he must be the winner or something. We keep falling and he, we see where he's digging up dirt because he's he's really getting it on. And uh, he's left a couple of rubs behind. Yeah. And uh, we're like, okay, we, we, we got a big boy right here. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and follow it. <clears throat> well, we go in and at this point, we finally get to the clear cut. It's about a half mile from the truck, so it's not too long of a haul, but there's a lot of sticks and uh, bushes we've got to walk through because the, the road's, of course, not maintained. And uh, we get to the clear cut, and we're like, oh, dang it. Satellite images shows a nice, good clear cut. Everything's grown in since then. And so we've mm-hmm. got five, six-foot you know, pines and fir trees blocking the area. And we're like, okay, so we're not going to have a good view, but you know, they're probably going to be hanging out here. So we go ahead and settle down. And uh, at this point, you know, we're sitting there. I think we'd, you know, just taking a you know, sip of coffee or something, if I remember correctly. But uh, he's sitting down on a stump and uh, I just sat down on my pack. And so he decides, OK, I'm going to go ahead and do the rattling antlers. So he does his rattlers again for another minute and grunting and stomping around. Two to three minutes later, I go ahead and hit the can call twice. Not only that. Five minutes later, uh, I start hearing grunting. And so I, I swoop over to my left, sitting there, big buck, four by four, is walking in on the trail. And I'm like, okay, here's my shot. And I'm like, hey, Justin, uh, deer, three o'clock. And so he swings over, puts his gun on it too. Well, this thing's walking in, it doesn't even see us. He's eating, you know, grass and everything and grunting and looking up and stuff, but he's, he's completely oblivious of us. He starts getting closer and I'm like, why can't I see him? I just see pure white through my scope. And uh, Justin's like, take the shot, take the shot. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. Finally, this thing gets probably about five to 10 yards away from me. And Justin's <laughs> like, you take, you take the shot or I'm going to take the shot for you. And I, I just get a very, very light gray silhouette of the deer I'm like, okay, I, I can barely see it. 
I see where the vital should be and I just take my shot. And the funny thing is I've talked to a lot of hunters where they say, oh yeah, we get a lot of adrenaline right before it happens. You know, we start getting shaky. I wasn't shaky. I was just sitting there like, why can't I see? You know, <laughs> why can't I see through my scope? And the thing is so close. If I didn't have my scope on, I could take a clear shot. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm just seeing blind and white light. And so I get that faint silhouette of him and I take the shot and I stand up he the do the the buck jumps up runs down the hill and i'm like did i get it and justin's like yeah you got it i saw where it toughed up i'm like okay sweet so i just walk over to where it was and i'm like okay well there's no blood trail that's that's a plus and we're like okay let's just go ahead and follow his running tracks because he's digging pretty deep into the ground sucky thing is this deer probably chose a you know a good 25 degree angle slope uh down um and we're following it for you know a couple dozen yards and then finally i leaves the tracks so i'm like okay where the heck did he go i have no blood to follow now i don't have tracks mm. um and justin's like over there to your left he heard it uh give out its last breath it had veered off to the left and uh laid down underneath some trees and i'm like dude I've got my first deer and he's like, you've got your first deer. And I was, you know, there, there was, you know, me cheering and stuff for a moment. And then we went over and we're like, okay, it's heart still going. So we took care of that, but uh, we dragged it out from underneath the tree. And I'm, I'm thinking this thing is probably weighing in about two fifty. Wow. Um, yeah. Nice big beast. Um, funny part of the story too, is as soon as Justin said that I shot him and that I actually got him in, you know, the vital section, uh i was like okay i'm gonna name this deer you know, i'm gonna name this deer for some reason i'm gonna name jeff <laughs> so <laughs> from now on we've called him jeff my parents you know anytime i say oh yeah i'm grabbing jeff they know i'm grabbing jeff out of the freezer um <laughs> how, why yeah. jeff what what how, where'd jeff I, come from i don't know I, I mean i've got buddies named jeff and it's not like i'm being malicious towards them or anything <laughs> but i just was like yeah i'm i'm his name's Jeff. It was just kind of an instantaneous, you know, you, you look like a Jeff. Um, That's yeah. So we drag him out and uh, we're like, okay, this thing is real nice and heavy. And so we got him. And uh, one of Justin's traditional things apparently is uh, you, you get your first ever kill. You get war paint. Oh yeah. yeah. So right after we'd finished gotten him and, uh, well, actually, when we were gutting him, uh, we took a look at everything inside, and I had obliterated his right lung, so I got a perfect vital shot. Nice. Uh, yeah, issue was, we just couldn't find the bullet, so we don't know where the bullet ended up. We know it's not in the meat, so he must have ended up in the, the guts or something, but um, as soon as we did that, uh, he sticks his hands inside and pulls him out, and he's like, you ready? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'm ready goes ahead and gives me that war paint right underneath my eyes and uh i'm like you know what this actually feels good it's pretty chilly right now and having this warmth on my face and on my hands feels pretty good and he's like yeah i know right <laughs> and so uh we take my photos and all that and we're like okay well how are we dragging this thing it's gonna be hard to try to drag him by the antlers so Justin's like, okay, you know, give me your pack. I'll go ahead and head back up to the truck and come back with some rope. I'm like, sounds good. And so next funny part is uh, 
I'm sitting there and luckily I had cell phone service. So I go ahead and call my folks up and uh, cause they're, you know, praying that I'd, you know, get something that day. And uh, I'm like, Hey guys. And my mom's like, Hey, how you doing? You're all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I just wanted to let you guys know I'm dragging a dead body up a hill right now. And then it just erupted into cheers and I'm so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I had to take the phone away from my ear because they're screaming so loud, but I was, I was pretty happy with it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've got a really nice buck and I'll send you guys photos when I have really good self-service, but I wanted to let you know what's going on. They're like, we're so happy for you, Nick. And we're so proud. And, uh, I'm like, thanks guys. So uh, I finish up that, but uh, I start dragging him up the hill and uh, I didn't even make it halfway up the hill because he was about 75 yards down the hill. And um, I didn't make up the half halfway up the hill until Justin came back with the rope. We're like, okay, let's go ahead and tie him up. And so we're taking turns trying to heave this boy up the hill and it's just not working. And uh, you know, that leads into the fact that next year i'm bringing a sled yeah <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting those on a sled I, i've been told by buddies they can do that or i've actually seen a guy uh use a baby stroller which was pretty impressive uh just buckling <laughs> i've not seen that stroller. one That's... yeah so i might do that this next year but so we're dragging him and we've got to do this for half a mile and i'm like okay this is gonna suck you know we lift furniture on the daily but you know we don't lift anything this heavy and floppy um and so we're dragging him and uh, I got his antlers stuck in uh, some branches along the route. And so Justin's pulling them out. And I've got it kind of harnessed around my shoulders. And I'm looking forward. So I don't see him. And he's like, all right, I got it unstuck. So I thought that meant green light go. I start pulling. Well, all of a sudden I hear him yell out from behind me. And I turn and I've dragged the entire buck over Justin. Um and so he's his legs are just pinned down by the body of this buck. And he's like, dude, you ran me over with Jeff. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, dude, it hurt. You hit me with his horns. I'm like, whoops. So I get him out from under there. And uh, uh, we keep dragging him. And we finally get him back to the truck. And we toss him in the back of the truck. And, you know, we kind of go on our way from there. And we're still trying to scope out to see if we can... Uh, get anything for the rest of the day for Justin, uh, you know, because we've got our nonsense spray that we're you know, putting ourselves to try to mask up some of the BO and the blood that we have on us. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't end up seeing anything all day. We just did a little uh, uh, ranging at a couple hundred yards for um, some clay pigeons people had left out there. So we were shooting a bit, but we get back after dark and um, yeah, it wasn't until a couple hours later after I had taken Jeff and I'm like, I start busting up laughing in the truck and Justin's like, what? And I'm like, I had snow in my scope. That's why I couldn't see the deer. And he's like, you idiot. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know. My first initial thoughts, I need to keep the gun on the deer. I thought sunlight was coming through. I had snow on my scope. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. hey, at least I still got the shot. But it was pretty funny. So i was wondering what it was yeah okay snow that's yeah, that can happen no, pretty I, easy i literally thought i had sunlight beating down through my scope at a perfect angle and i'm like oh great you know this deer chose to come in at the perfect angle but no i just i must have brushed into uh some bushes or something uh when we were passing by one of the creeks and uh gotten some snow on the offset <laughs> end of my scope so I'm man like, huh okay that's that's 
that's a great story, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it, for, for first time, it was pretty eventful and fun. And, you know, the entire time I, you know, in my head, I'm just sitting there, you know, thanking God. I'm like, oh, thank you, God, for this. And before that, I was like, okay, God, can, you know, can we get something today? You know, it'd be so fantastic to get something today. But, uh, you know, after that, I was just, you know, praising him. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for this. Yeah, man, I tell you, that's, that's so much a part of, of, hunting for me i've had guests on before we kind of talked about that like should you pray for you know what should you pray for should i should you be like all humble and and be like you know god i just want to enjoy the woods today and if i'm lucky if you want to send something my way that'd be great or do you say god send me a giant booner you know i mean (laughs) sometimes it's hard to know like how should you pray and but i do know the one thing like sometimes i debate that like should i ask for certain things or not but the one thing for sure is like if i get something without a doubt i'm thanking god because i I do believe every good gift comes from him so it's like you know what i definitely you know he provided some extra meat for my family or for some other family that i'm giving the beer to or however it may work you know Um, yeah so yeah that's that's very cool yeah i mean that, that goes into a lot of it too i mean as far as hunting goes i've got a specific mindset as it goes you know first you know with just fish and game and everything we're helping you know keep populations at certain numbers especially with uh, predator management up here we've got a huge wolf problem so in the next couple of weeks i'm going out wolf hunting but um you know we're doing you know wildlife management first and foremost and that doesn't always mean that you're going to get the biggest buck you know sometimes it means getting a doe or if you run across something that you know is sick or injured that means you're taking that it means you're not going to get as much meat as you'd wanted or any meat at all but you're you're doing a service to you know the animal you're putting down because you know like for example uh, chronic wasting disease if that ever swept up here you know be definitely taking that down because you know you want to be as best service to the wildlife around you mm-hmm. that's a good point yep and then as far as the godly aspect goes, uh, you know, I've always seen it as, you know, I, I like to be as close to, you know, Native American uh, tendencies as close as possible. You know, as far as legend goes, you know, I, I don't know if it's anything official, but, you know, use as much as you possibly can and pay respects to it because, you know, you know, you're taking something's life. But, you know, at the same time you know, we're putting food on the table, you know, compared to, you know, cow farms or pig farms, or chicken farms and all of that, you know, this yeah. thing is in, you know, good lifestyle all of its life. And so, you know, you pay respects to that and, you know, be thankful to God for, you know, the opportunity to go out and do that kind of thing and be out in everything he's created. And you could not agree more. Absolutely. I think that whole thankful aspect, you're thankful just obviously for the time out there, just being in the woods, but then, it really is to me. It's like, if God allows an animal to, to step in front of me, I just, I pray that I take a clean, quick kill shot. And then once I get it, I'm just grateful for that. You know I mean? It didn't have to pan out that way. And God's still good, even if I don't get anything, but I tell you what, it's, it's pretty sweet whenever it pans out, especially after a four year wait for you, that had to be extremely special. Was is does that kind of getting that first buck down, getting that first deer down, does that kind of light the fire for you? I mean, I hear you saying you want to wolf hunt now and moose hunt. So you've kind of got that first one under your belt. How does that affect you wanting to hunt from here on out? Oh, uh, it, it literally did spark that fire inside me. I, I did it, you know, it, it did freak me out the whole, you know, even the gutting process. I was like, I was more fascinated by it than anything. Yeah. Um, it's, 
it, it's such a cool thing to be a part of, you know, not only just doing the hunting thing and being out in God's glory, but to be part of a really cool um, percentage of the states that, you know, does this and is a community and works together for this kind of thing. It, it really built something up inside of me that, you know, I'm going to be passing down to my kids one day. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's, that's excited. I'm, I'm glad you're hooked. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's just something about that, that adrenaline rush. And like you said, sometimes that adrenaline comes afterwards, not in that like beforehand, you know, some people get the buck fever, but you know, you were able to keep it together, even though you couldn't see through the snow and still made a good shot and get your first buck down. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome man so up next is uh, wolves for you i can't say i've ever uh wolf hunted i have coyote hunted before we don't have wolves out here thank goodness so uh, what's that process look like do you have plans for that i mean you just go out and do some calling how, how does it work to, to try and get yourself on a wolf honestly not fully sure yet uh i've okay. been told in some areas where there are wolves um you know, and I'm not willing to use $300 yet to buy one of those expensive uh, predator calls. So I'm just going to try to do it, you know, all vocal by myself. But, um, you know, my process is just going to be go ahead and uh, call and fish and game and seeing where they are the biggest nuisance. Because, you know, I don't want to go ahead and, you know, pop one in an area where they're not being super harmful. I want to go right. in an area where you know management needs to be taken care of um as far as it goes i'm probably just going to be hiking into some clear cuts you know where i've got a good 360 view uh of a, a valley or something where you know i can call them in um because i definitely don't want to uh be snucked up or you know have one sneak up behind me um mm -hmm. and all that you know especially if i go by myself i don't want to be doing a predator hunt by myself uh you know where i don't have yeah. a good view yeah i mean that's i i get that it's it's you know you gotta keep a keep an eye out whenever you're calling in predators for sure yeah, yeah it's it's just going to be more experimental uh you know in the next couple of weeks doing you know plenty of research and uh patterns and all that you know i might not get one this year i might get one this year we'll see but it's going to be more of a seeing if i have to do another four-year process to get myself ready for you know predator hunting well, you know, I think you've learned a lot, obviously, in the last four years, and it kind of seems like once you get that first one under your belt, you can start kind of piecing together, you know, what you need to do in that moment to be ready, and there's going to be more mistakes, obviously, but it sounds like you've learned a good bit, and, and the cool part is, I mean, you're, you started out young. There's some people that wait until they're, you know, 40, you know, in their 40s or later to start hunting, so you've you started kind of at a young age, kind of getting into it, and you can make some good decisions, so I'm sure here in the next year or so you'll probably call me back and we can have you on to hear your your wolf story and how you got your first moose <laughs> yeah yeah i, I had bought my sports and packages this year so i'm trying to fill out all the tags i possibly can this year oh man well nick i wish you good luck i hope that you have fun out there and uh, I, I hope that you do well this this coming season and enjoy your summer too yeah you too well i enjoyed talking to you and i hope to catch up with you soon and, and stay in touch all right oh yeah of course all right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Nick had a great story. I'm just pumped for him getting his first deer down and just, uh, just fascinates me talking to different people him being from Idaho work from completely different worlds almost in the way that the train looks and what he's hunting and him bumping into moose, uh, 
<laughs> just kind of cool. So I wish him good luck, and I really appreciate him telling that story. You know, something that kind of popped up during that prayer that kind of hit me is just the importance of prayer and that being a part of our lives and just being grateful and thankful for what we have. Uh, the other day, I was my daughter Ansley, she's asking all kinds of questions about all kinds of things. Like, she asks a thousand questions a day, and that's probably no exaggeration. But the other day, I was, I was uh, my turn to put her uh, down for bed, and so we told her stories, and then we said our prayers, and she asked a question that kind of hit me. She said, Daddy, why why do we always start our prayers saying uh, thank you God for the day? Like why do we always start our prayers that way? And I thought, you know, that's a good question. And I, and I kind of took her back to the Lord's prayer, you know, where Jesus said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or holy be thy name, or glory be to your name, or whatever translation you're you're looking at. But basically, Jesus, whenever he taught the disciples how to pray, he he said the very first thing that you start with is God. Great is your name. You know, how great are you? Thank you for who you are kind of thing. And so I told her, I was like, you know, we need to just, a lot of times in our prayer life, it's kind of like going through a drive through for me. You know, you go through the drive through you say, hey, what's up? Uh, this is what I need. And then you expect results by the time you get to the window, right? <laughs> and that's how we kind of treat our prayer life. It's just kind of drive through prayers. And, and that happens to me during hunting season sometimes. I'm like, God, oh man, I'm just not seeing anything. Could you please send me a buck? Can you please send me? And I... And honestly, you know, God sometimes actually comes through on that. He's gracious, and there's times that he'll he'll make things happen. But I think sometimes we just need to have more of an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness. Psalm 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Not give thanks to the Lord because he's given you all this stuff. Not give thanks to the Lord because he helped you get a deer, or because he gave you a pay raise, or because he helped you in a relationship. You give thanks to the Lord just because he is good. His loving devotion endures forever. So whenever you think about all the good things in life, and you think about love, and you think about all that type of stuff, that goes back to God. And so maybe, maybe we all need to take a little bit more time just to say, God, hallowed be your name. Thanks for being you and who you are. Yeah, there's a place for our prayers for us to say, God, I'm struggling, I need this, or God, there's this situation, I need your your direction, or I need to know what your will is. There's all, you know, as the prayer goes on, there's all that that comes, but maybe the starting point for every prayer should be, God, you are good, and your love endures forever. Guys, I want to thank you for coming back for another episode. If you come back next week, I hope to have another guest. If you'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com or send a message message a messenger uh, message over to uh, our Facebook or Instagram, Shedding Light Outdoors, and I would love to connect with you and hear your hunting stories as well. Come back next week for another episode, and until then, remember to shed the light.